From short-term Green Bay Packer to potential Packer kryptonite, Taysom Hill could be the key to victory for the New Orleans Saints this weekend. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe and follow always for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And if you want to keep the conversation going, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and much more, you can become a Locked On Saints insider by heading over to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Saints. You can join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola, on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert credential member of the Media Saints News Network, Tuesdays on the Locked On NFL podcast, and here with you every single Monday through Friday, and then some Unlocked on Saints. In today's episode of Locked on Saints, brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked on NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, it is the game plan. How will and can the New Orleans Saints beat the Green Bay Packers this weekend and improve from 2 0 to 3 0? We're going to take a look at controlling the clock, and I'll give you some bold predictions as well, just how important controlling the clock is in this game. Why the Saints should just simply stick to their guns on defense. And first, to kick us all off, Taysom Hill should be doing everything from everywhere during this game. The New Orleans Saints' most versatile offensive weapon has gotten a lot of respect from the Green Bay Packers. Defensive coordinator Joe Barry said during his press conference on Thursday that it's like having to prepare for two entirely different offenses because of what Derek Carr can do as a passer and in the way that the New Orleans Saints offense is entirely different once Taysom Hill enters the game under center. But also understanding that just because Taysom Hill's in the huddle doesn't mean that he's going to be lining up at quarterback because he could be lined up at wide receiver or at tight end. And now, after last week's game in Carolina, you have to be prepared for him to be lined up out of the backfield, especially with a rookie starter now coming in at, or a rookie player now coming in at running back. Tony Jones Jr. coming in to uh, potentially make the start. I imagine he'll be kind of the tone setter, the bell cow back uh, while Kendra Miller kind of does the change of pace stuff. But now you've also got Taysom Hill taking snaps out of the backfield like he did last week against the Carolina Panthers that you have to be ready for. So in encapsulating how the New Orleans Saints can best match up and beat the Green Bay Packers, it's about creating mismatches. And Taysom Hill helps to create those mismatches. If he's lined up in the backfield, that potentially draws the attention of a safety playing downhill or a linebacker at the second level. How does that impact a tight end in getting open? If you line up Taysom Hill on the outside, out at the one, then what happens in terms of how that draws coverage over to his side in terms of a top corner effectively having to dedicate themselves to him? What does that mean for now moving Michael Thomas into the slot, for instance, and matching him up with a slot corner as opposed to the outside guy that might shadow him otherwise? All of these other things. So there's a lot of different ways for you to take a look at the way that Taysom Hill can impact this game. And, and the, the beauty of it all 
is that Taysom Hill came into the NFL as an undrafted free agent, signed with the Green Bay Packers, and Sean Payton went and snagged him from the Green Bay Packers. And now you've seen what Taysom Hill has turned into uh, over the course of you know these years that he's been in New Orleans, not only with Sean, but also now with Dennis Allen and with Pete Carmichael, who are also finding ways uh, to you know get Taysom Hill more and more involved. I got a great question the other day from uh, a listener who asked, uh, you know, will the New Orleans Saints be using Taysom Hill more like they used him last week? And and that that's a warranted question. And there's some evidence that that might be the case. I mean, Pete Carmichael all but told us uh, during his press conference with us on Thursday that they looked back at game one and said, you know what, we got to find a way to use Taysom Hill more. And then they got him out there for like 31 snaps all of a sudden, right? And plus the special team snaps that he played uh, as well. So you know that Taysom Hill is going to be a part of this offense. He's going to be a part of what it is that the New Orleans Saints are doing. And I think that the more diversity in terms of how they deploy him and the variety in terms of how they get him out on the field, the better, because then it makes it so that you don't really know that Taysom Hill is going under center, especially if you can get Taysom Hill and uh, uh, Derek Carr on the field at the same time with Taysom Hill at quarterback, which we saw a couple of examples of last week against Carolina, that creates a lot of confusion to where the defense doesn't really know that Taysom Hill's playing quarterback until they actually get up to the line of scrimmage. And then you have to quickly adjust for all of that. Let's take a look at a couple of things in a couple of other ways that the New Orleans Saints offense will be able to match up with this Green Bay Packers defense and how they could end up taking away a win here. Uh, look, Green Bay has been very, very susceptible in the run game, particularly between the tackles. We saw Tony Jones Jr. and Taysom Hill absolutely shred that Carolina Panthers defense right up the middle and in between the tackles, in between the guards over center uh, pretty often. So expect the New Orleans Saints to continue to attack there. Kendra Miller is a big back. He can contribute in that way as well, while also being a guy with the breakaway speed uh, to turn on the burners and maybe finish a play or two uh, to the outside as well. Um, the defense for uh, Green Bay doesn't really run a ton of, of stunts, but when they run them, they're effective. They run them about a third of the time, 31% of the time. So expect that to potentially cause some trouble for the New Orleans Saints offense who are still gelling and kind of getting their chemistry together, seeing those switches and swaps and stunts and turns and twists and all the other things that a defensive line can do. Almost what almost turned on my preacher voice there. Did y'all hear that? Uh, all the other things that, that, that a defensive line can do, those are the things that mess with chemistry a little bit on the offensive line because you have to be able to communicate who's going where, who's got what, all of that. So Definitely something to watch there. Those stunts, twists, and all that we're going to talk about again here in just a moment from the New Orleans Saints defensive perspective because it's a big-time ability to be able to match up with inside zone runs in particular. So that'll be a big thing to keep an eye out on as well as the Saints love to run those zone runs in addition to their man runs. But, but good stuff there because when you also look at the Green Bay Packers defense, the man run has worked against them and, and matching up and saying, our guy is bigger and stronger than your guy if you're the New Orleans Saints. That's something that has had some um, impact, and that bodes well for the New Orleans Saints as well. This is, again, another cover three heavy team, although they showed a lot of cover four last week against the Atlanta Falcons. Didn't do them too terribly much or too terribly well, but something to keep in mind there is the seams are still very susceptible in both of those, as well as over the top in the intermediate middle area of the field. We watched the New Orleans Saints attack Carolina at cover three strength on the perimeters last week and win, so don't be surprised to see them continue to do that as well. And then finally, I just want to kind of grant a little disillusionment to the Jari Alexander thing, because there's a question about who Jari Alexander is this year. Uh, the first week against the, the Chicago Bears, which we can all admit is not a good offense, right? 
Uh, he was targeted twice, allowed only one catch. The, the one incompletion was a forcing completion on a pass breakup, only allowed four yards uh, of completion there, did have a penalty, so his passer rating was 56.3 when targeted. That's pretty good. That's pretty stout. Uh, last week against the uh, Atlanta Falcons, five of six in terms of the receptions that he allowed, 99 yards, a touchdown, and a pass breakup, a perfect 158.3 passer rating when targeted. So who is Jair Alexander going into this game? And will the New Orleans Saints attack him? If they look back at what it is that he did, and specifically in zone coverage, a lot of this was given up. So some of this isn't necessarily him being the one-on-one matchup for a guy. It's just that he's the closest defender. And that's the way the pro football focus chart stuff is that if you're like the closest guy, it's your fault. That's not always actually the case. So some of these numbers can be skewed, but something to watch out for because if the Green Bay Packers are giving up that much space in zone coverage, remember Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Rashid Shahid, all very good at finding those pockets. Juwan Johnson, all very good at finding those pockets in zone coverage. And he's going to be moving around uh, Jair Alexander because he kind of shadows. So it'll be interesting to see if he's shadowing Chris Olave or if he's shadowing Michael Thomas. But whichever one of those guys that he shadows, that opens up the other guy and Rashid Shahid to a real opportunity to be able to maybe take the top off a little bit uh, and challenge this Green Bay Packers defense. I don't think that challenging this Green Bay Packers defense is going to be tough. It's just going to be, can the New Orleans Saints get out of their own way when it comes to uh, their ability to be able to produce? And can they produce early on in this game as opposed to late? Those are going to be the big questions that New Orleans would have to ask about themselves, but they should match up pretty well when it comes to the unit that's across from them. Coming up next, the New Orleans Saints defense should simply stick to their guns and get it done against the Green Bay Packers. I'll explain as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Game Time is the right time. And whether you're headed to the Green Bay Packers game or you're here in New Orleans and waiting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to come to town, Game Time is the place that you should go to grab those tickets because you don't have to be in a rush. There's no stress. You don't have to worry about anything. And you even get a little bit more relaxation when it comes to purchasing your tickets from Game Time because I actually show you the view from your seat so that you don't have to worry about, did I get the right seats? Did I go to the right place? Are these good seats? Am I going to be obstructed? You ain't going to worry about none of that because you can answer that question simply by heading to the Game Time app. And as you're booking your tickets, you'll already know. And it takes like seconds to book tickets, like two clicks and bam, you're all set for your favorite event, your favorite game, your favorite concert, your favorite whatever it is that you're checking out, comedy theater, they have it all for you. So go and check it out today. Head over and download the Game Time app right now and use uh, create an account and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL so you can get $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNFL. For $20 off, download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today's episode also brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. DoorDash has always been my go-to when it comes to food delivery. Y'all know I'm a busy dude, especially when I'm traveling and going to practice and doing all this other stuff. So it's great. Sometimes I'm leaving the training facility. I order my DoorDash so that when I get home, the food's already there or just about to show up and they're awesome 100% of the time. Great selection of like local restaurants. So I don't have to deal with all the chain stuff and all that. Just Awesome. I am a big fan of DoorDash. I know you will be too. So let me help you out in case you haven't used it before. Now's the time to try it out. Get 50% off of your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the promo code locked on NFL at checkout. Limited time offer and terms do apply. That's $50 off up to 20 bucks. Uh, no minimum subtotal, zero delivery fees as well on that first 
order when you download the DoorDash app and use that promo code LOCKED. On NFL. Don't forget that's code locked on NFL for 50% off of your first order at DoorDash. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Big thank you to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Last week against the Carolina Panthers, we talked about if the Saints kind of stuck to their things that they do well, their bread and butter on offense, that they should be able to win the game. They did that. And they won the game. So this week, we're looking at kind of the same thing, but over on the defensive side. Because when you look at the Green Bay offense, the things that they've excelled at, the New Orleans Saints have a counter to. And the things that the uh, Green Bay Packers have struggled against are the things that the New Orleans Saints most typically do. So let me give you a couple of examples here about how this all works. Now, this isn't guaranteed, of course, and every team kind of changes up what they're doing game to game, week to week, all that other stuff. So some of this stuff is kind of comparison, but we'll see whoever makes the most adjustments and counter adjusts, right? Those that punch counter punch, that's who's going to win this, this bout. Uh, so what we know about the Green Bay Packers is they have really, really good production against base defenses. So far, they've been very, very successful against base defenses, but they average only 2.7 yards per carry against nickel defenses. That's five defensive backs. When we talk about base defense, we're talking four down linemen, three linebackers, for uh, defensive backs, two safeties, two, uh, two safeties, two corners. But oftentimes you'll take one of those linebackers off, throw an extra DB on, uh, usually Alante Taylor in the New Orleans Saints case. And then boom, you're looking at a, what we would call like a four, two, five. So four down linemen, two linebackers, five defensive backs. That's a nickel defense. Um, so they, they've averaged 2.7 yards on the ground running. Now, remember, they've got David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins likely out the left side of that offensive line. I told y'all there's one big key that this New Orleans Saints team will need to take advantage of. It's that. So here's a couple ways for them to do that. Both sacks that the Green Bay Packers have allowed this season, yes, they've only allowed two sacks this season, one on average, one in each game. New Orleans will have to change that. But both of those sacks came against nickel defenses. Why? Because it made Jordan Love hold on to the football. And that's big, right? Jordan Love is one of the least pressured quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and he is also one of the quarterbacks that gets the ball out on his first read most often. And so when you have coverage out there like a nickel defense or as the Saints have continuously deployed on third down, a dime defense where they take an additional lineman off the field and put an additional defensive back on the field, so that's a 3-2-6 type set. Those are the ways that the New Orleans Saints have won. That's the way that the New Orleans Saints have gotten teams off of the field. So if Green Bay's averaging 2.7 yards per carry if um, on the ground against nickel defenses, if the Jordan Love of it all is that he's getting the ball out quickly on his first read, New Orleans Saints play a lot of nickel. They play a lot of dime. They should be able to force Jordan Love to hold on to the ball, take advantage of that left side of the offensive line, and get pressure, potentially get sacks on Jordan Love. And then on the run game, when you have this injured left side, Green Bay loves to run to its strength. So they're going to have to load up one side or another. If they're loading up that right side, you feel pretty comfortable about attacking that. You've got Cam Jordan over on that end. You've got you know Demario Davis and Pete Werner who are really good gap fillers and all that. But if they're running over to the left side and they're trying to build, bulk up that side as the strength of the, the, the run strength, you've got a massive advantage over there because they're down to backup replacement players there. So just to give you an idea of how often the New Orleans Saints play base versus nickel and dime, let's go to last week. 62 accounted for defensive snaps, the ones that counted. 
Um, one of them was a base snap. One play had three linebackers and four down linemen. The Saints were in their nickel set for 46 plays out of the 62, and they were in their dime set for 11 plays out of the 62. So those two combined for more than 90% of what the New Orleans Saints did last week. And the week before that was not that different. So this is where the New Orleans Saints strength is. If they stick to their guns, they should be able to take advantage of what it is that Green Bay has struggled against so far this season. Um, the uh, they have been very efficient so far as a zone run team. So that's where instead of, you know, the center snaps the ball and then blocks a defensive tackle directly in front of them, the guard blocks a defensive tackle directly in front of them, the tackle blocks the defensive end directly in front of them, the offensive line takes what's called a read step. Everybody takes a step in unison to the play flow's direction, and then it gives the defense, or excuse me, the running back the opportunity to watch where a hole develops because you're trying to get double teams on the offensive line and then climb to the second level to get blocks on those linebackers. That's where some of these holes open up. And then the running back gets the opportunity. I can either bang this inside, I can bounce it back, or I can bounce to the outside. And so with all of those different you know, um, uh, options, they've got effectively got three different options for every play. So everybody's just kind of reading what's happening. So they've been very effective as a zone run team, both inside zone and outside zone. So for the Saints, they have to be able to combat that. But because of how disciplined their run game has been so far, their run defense has been so far this year, that actually should be another piece of just playing to their gun. So what you want to avoid on the inside zone is the double teams, right? You want to keep the double teams from happening and then therefore stunts, twists, like we had referenced before. Those are things to help you be able to do that. When it comes to the outside zone, where there's a lot of time for things to develop, instead of those stunts and twists, you're really just relying on the aggressiveness of your back seven, your linebackers and your defensive backs. Can they come up and fill those run fits, fill those run gaps so that as those gaps do open up, because they will, your job is to close them as quickly as possible. Because the offensive line is moving in the same direction as the running back, eventually something is going to open up somewhere. So it becomes the responsibility of those backfill players to come in and close off the cutback from the perimeter on the outside or be able to kind of fill in those gaps that open up in the middle and not allow them to be able to get outside to the play flow side. So there's a lot of different things that you have to be uh, paying attention to there, but you're going to need aggressiveness, you're going to need discipline, and you're going to need creativity, stunts, twists, all those other things in order to combat this run game. But all of those things are things that the New Orleans Saints tend to do well over on the defensive side. So again, if this comes down to the Saints sticking to their guns and doing the things that they've always done well, that's good news for New Orleans. Now, can they do it in a game where they're really, really tested with it? That's going to be the big thing. Have they just been good at it because they you know, are, have been prepared for it, but are they going to be good at taking all of that away when it's consistently coming at them. That's going to be the big test for New Orleans here over on the defensive side. So coming up next, we're going to review two of our biggest keys to victory, which we've already discussed in depth. So I'll give you those two quickly, but then I'll, I'll, I'll let you in on the third, which is controlling the clock. Time of possession, obviously huge in this game. And I'm going to give you two bold predictions, both of which center around rookies ready to make big time steps forward on Sunday. We've got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports and my favorite daily fantasy football. Let's check out some of the projections this week. 
because that's how you play this game. You choose two to six players, select whether or not they're going to come in at more or less than their prize picks projection. You get them right. You could turn your entry fee into 25 times in terms of winning. So there's a couple of ones here that I want to highlight. Demario Davis, eight tackles plus assists. So combined tackles uh, is the projection for him. You like more or less there. Derek Carr, 242 and a half passing yards, more or less there. Rashid Jaheed, 40.5 receiving yards, more or less there. That sounds like one reception to me when it comes to Rashid Jaheed. That's it. That's how you play the game. You think that Marshall Lattimore is going to have more or less than four tackles in this one. There you go. That's how you do it. You set all those up, you put down those projections, and then if you win, you end up getting up to 25 times your entry fee back. So go and check them out today. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for your first deposit match up to $100. It's a first deposit match up to $100 at prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL, promo code locked on NFL. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a look at our three keys to victory for this week for the Saints, two of which we've already kind of covered. And I want to highlight a third for you that's really important. Then I'm going to give you two bold predictions about two big rookies making big steps here this weekend. Appreciate all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. We'll be back at you with another episode tomorrow, believe it or not, and actually another episode tonight as well. So we'll be live at the Locked on Saints YouTube page, getting you ready and getting you all caught up with everything you need to know from the final day of practice, including game designations, injury news, all of that. And then tomorrow we'll have a a Saturday show for you that's in case you missed it, get you caught up from the five biggest takes from this week that way you're ready for sure for Sunday's game. So let's take a look at our three keys to victory for the New Orleans Saints in this game. So in going up against the Green Bay Packers, a big thing is going to be, of course, the two that we've already talked about. Keep Taysom Hill's usage varied and diverse. Use them all over the field. That way, just having him in the huddle doesn't give away exactly what it is that the Saints are looking to do there. The second one is forcing Jordan Love to read the field. You want him to hold on to the ball. We talked about Jordan Love as a player right now that has been one of the least pressured, but is also getting the ball out on his first read more than just about any other quarterback in the NFL or amongst the most amongst quarterbacks in the NFL. And so you want to force him to hold on to the ball, which means take the first read away. So coverage has to be stout from the snap uh, when it comes to uh, this game. And finally, control time of possession. Time of possession is obviously one of those big things the New Orleans Saints have always focused on and is certainly something that they would love to be able to continue to win when it goes when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers love to be able to run the ball. Aaron Jones looks like he's going to be healthy. With all of that being the case, it seems likely and it seems logical that if you're the New Orleans Saints, you want to keep the ball out of the hands of that offense because they will just run the football and you don't want that to happen. The Saints one time of possession last week, 32 minutes and change to 27 minutes and change. So about five minutes there. That's pretty good in terms of uh, up against the Carolina Panthers, especially in a game that was so close uh, towards the end of it. The score looked a lot closer than the game actually was. Uh, But in that case, you still will take that additional time of possession. Similarly, up against the Tennessee Titans, the New Orleans Saints actually lost time of possession there. So not similarly at all, but in the same conversation, uh, 28 minutes and change to uh, Tennessee's 31 minutes and change. The key here, though, is that the Saints had the ball last, and they extended the final drive of that game. That possession, where the Saints were able to run the clock out, uh, they were in possession of the football for the last two minutes and 17 seconds, running nine plays for a nice 69 yards, and so including two first downs. And if you look at the end, at the second half of that, um, 
at, at the second half of that game, a first down on one drive, a first down on the second drive, and then two first downs on each of the last three drives. Those are the things that extend those drives. Uh, and so that's exactly what you want to see from New Orleans going into this game. But you'd like to see them come out on top when it comes to time of possession. Keep the ball out of Jordan Love's hands. Keep the ball out of Aaron Jones's hands. Keep the ball out of that Green Bay Packers run game and force Jordan Love to then throw the ball, hold on to the ball, and then that will end up tightening up sort of that time of possession, especially if you can force the incomplete passes or flip the field with turnovers. Lastly, I want to take a look at two bold predictions right now, two bold predictions, and I wanted to make a bold prediction about each rookie here. And these might not sound like bold predictions, but considering that their rookies getting their first like full-time action, uh, I think that it, it can be pretty bold. So the first of which is that Kendra Miller will score not a rushing touchdown, but a receiving touchdown in this game. I think that that's going to be his first touchdown of his career, and it'll come in his first career play. I won't call it his first career start, because again, I still think Tony Jones Jr. probably gets the first rep as the tone setter. But Kendra Miller, first scoring touchdown. And if he gets it on the first drive of the New Orleans Saints, my prediction flips. Boom. New Orleans Saints win in this game 17-13. On the other side of the ball, Jordan Howden stepping into a big role as a starting safety, very likely. Uh, that's what we all assume, and that's sort of what Joe Woods told us on Thursday. He's stepping in in place of Marcus May, who's suspended for the next three games. And, and keep in mind that despite the language around that suspension being around you know, substances of abuse and things like that, that it is tied to the DUI from back in 2021. This is about when we expected this suspension to hit. The legal process had just ended right before the season. You have to then go through the um, NFL's independent investigation. Very likely there was an appeal, which also extends the process. And then boom, you're into the actual suspension itself. And so that's that's where we are now. So Marcus May out for the next three games. Jordan Howden should be stepping into that role aside from Tyron Matthew or, or, or beside Tyron Matthew. And so with all of that, let's give Jordan Howden his first interception in his first career game. Why not? You don't see that very often. It feels like one of those things that has happened against the Saints more than it has happened for the Saints. So. Let's flip the script a little bit. Jordan Howden gets his first career interception on in his first career game as a full-time player, as a full-time starter. He's already taken 27 defensive snaps so far this season, has played a lot of deep safety on third downs, things like that. But now he gets to be out on the field a lot more, be able to fly around. I just threw my pin. Be able to fly around a whole bunch, all of that. And then hopefully that will end up with him having a big play in this game. And how cool, how cool would that be to just have him get his first interception in his first career game. We'll see. Now, I also think he's going to give up a catch, right? A big catch. Like there's going to be big plays downfield in this game for both sides of the ball. That's okay. That's okay. Football is about trading blows and is about the moments. So Jordan Howden can make a moment by getting that interception. All right, y'all. Coming up later on today, live show, Locked on Saints, YouTube page around 6, 630. Getting you all caught up with everything you need to know from practice tomorrow morning in case you missed it. Five biggest takes from the week. Get you all caught up on everything you need to know before you go into the game on Sunday. Appreciate y'all. As always, all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. And I thank you very much for making us a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.